Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, Satan got into the video stuff, so I rebuke him in the name of the Lord Jesus, and uh, you're done making mischief, and it's on with the message. Um, I know this story like the back of my hand, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share what I wanted you to see today. Uh, today was going to be the Christmas Carol, and um, during this uh, little story by Charles Dickens, um, we meet a man that I will describe a little bit more. I want to try to focus right on the scene. He has gone through the ghost of Christmas past, and things have stirred in his mind that he himself says, I, I forgot what this looked like, and I forgot this person and that person. He goes into uh, the ghost of Christmas present, and, and this spirit walks him through that Christmas day. And uh, he sees interesting things, but, but at one point, he's all interested in all the buying and selling that's going on on Christmas day. And the spirit says, is that all you see? Is that all that you pick up on? Well, no, but see, he's still stuck there. Well, there's a moment where when the ghost of Christmas future comes that he walks him into what is actually his own bedroom, but he doesn't recognize it. He points to a body wrapped up on the bed and he doesn't recognize it. And the spirit wants him to undo it. And look, and, he, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not, I just can't do that. And so then he takes him to a place where they're selling some of his goods, his, his watch and some things like that. And he's immediately like, oh, I'll have her up for the magistrate and this and that and the other. And then as they begin to talk, he realizes those things came from a dead man. And then he backs up really quick and it's like, oh, well, they look similar and all this kind of stuff. And the scene I wanted you to see to start with was uh, he tells the spirit after he finds out that Tiny Tim has passed that he's, okay, everything's done, I've seen everything, conduct me to my home. Well, he appears in a graveyard. That's never a good sign. <laughs> when you say, I want to go home, and you wind up standing in a graveyard. And the spirit, as you see the, the, the picture, this is at least what we've got uh, to be able to show. And he's like, well, what am I doing here? And this, that, and the other thing. And the spirit keeps pointing to a stone. And as Ebenezer very tentatively tries to get up to this stone, he starts talking and he, I think, knows down deep what's happening. And of course, it would scare anybody, wouldn't it? Um, the fact that in a few seconds you might be looking at your own name on this stone. 
And so he asks the Spirit this very important question. He says, can things be changed? Am I seeing what will happen? Or are you showing me things that can happen? That's an incredible question, and it, it, it's just, you, you've got to hear the difference. Is it set in stone, or can I change? And he tells the Spirit then, basically, if I can't change, why are you showing me all this? That, that's rather cruel. It doesn't seem fair. If, if you show me everything that I've missed, and I can't change... What was the point? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die right here, and that's it. It's done. And then I become like Jacob Marley. We'll talk about him in just a minute. And, of course, the spirit is very intent. Look at, and he never speaks. Look at this. And I think we've got the other picture. His name is on the stone, and, and he begins to weep, and he begins to cry, and, and, and he's very repentant that he has learned that night the lessons from the past, he's learned the lessons of the present, and he's learned what is coming if he does not change. And that's what we're talking about today. Because if we miss the message of Christmas, then we miss the point of Jesus Christ completely. And if we miss the point of Jesus Christ completely, even half of it, if we don't believe in him, then a grave and eternal separation from God is what we're looking at, very simply. Charles Dickens described Scrooge in this way. Scrooge, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, covetous, covetous old sinner. Wouldn't want that on my stone. And this all begins with, with the ghost of Jacob Marley coming to visit him. And as that encounter takes place, Scrooge makes this comment out of his worldliness. But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. You were always a good man of business. And that's a phrase that, that haunts our world today. It's only business. As I drive you out of your house, as I take your vehicle from you, as I do this and that, it's only business. As if that means something. It means something to the world. Well, don't take it personal. It's just business. Baloney. Baloney. It's more than that because we are in relationship with one another. And Marley picks up on that, and his response is, mankind was my business. I don't care how much money I put away. I don't care what my bank account looks like, what I lived in, and all this kind of stuff. When it comes down to it, the people of the world was my business. He talks about charity and mercy and benevolence. Charity, the spiritual love for others. 
to love God and love our neighbor. Mercy is compassion, to be compassionate. As Mike read about the cobbler, he showed mercy and compassion. Benevolence, kind-heartedness, generous giving. Seeing a need and stepping forward to be a part of the answer. I'm going to use this next week, but I'm going to let you hear it today, and then I'll say it again next week. Marley says this, Why did I walk through crowds of fellow human beings with my eyes turned down? and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to a poor abode. Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me? You don't have to look far to find brokenness, hurting, need. It's just all around. It's all around. It may be in the brightest decorated home. It may be in the trailer with a little small Christmas tree and everything in between. This world hurts. It grieves. It has great needs. Here's our two questions to ponder on. Is it possible to be so spiritually blind and so spiritually deaf at Christmas like Ebenezer Scrooge that one could actually miss the message of Christmas? Number two, can the message of Christmas be lost in a world filled with greed, ambition, selfishness, and insensitivity. Our case in point this morning, we're always so quick to pack Christmas away and move to the next holiday. If you work at Walmart, I apologize, but it seems like they're, they're the ones we always look to because there's no, hardly no Kmarts or anything like that. It's, it's really hard. And I imagine most retail stores are like this. But, you know, sometimes you've got a little bit of Christmas over here. And in this aisle, Valentine's Day's getting. And you, you just, you're like, Christmas? Valentine's. And it's December. Of course, we see it all, all year long. Um, it's altogether possible if you go out on the 26th, you'll see Christmas trees tossed out already. Well, some of them's been out in the, in the home since October, you know. And that's fine if you like to have it on that early, but it's always interesting how quick. Um, the cities are usually pretty slow unless there's a really good day and all the decorations come down really quick. I can understand that. I don't want to be up in an ice storm taking down outdoor decorations but you'll find that a lot of things just suddenly just turn okay done in fact back in 2008 
one advertisement proclaims, proclaimed, well, the big day is over. Okay, pack it up, let's go. We've got to move to the next one. And in, again, 2008, in the, sorry, the, the Beardstown Walmart, <laughs> at which I was living in that area, not stop playing Christmas music on December 21st. Four days before Christmas, and all of a sudden I'm walking in there, probably shopping for something, and I'm like, I don't hear anything. Prior to that, you could hear Christmas music. I'm not even sure if they play it now. I always forget to listen when I go in, but I think the next year, 2009, I'm like, okay, let's, let's pay attention. They weren't playing any music at all. I'm like, really? <laughs> you, just, you just tossed the music out? That's the way we are. Let's think of our statement that we've been kind of working with each week. We can relate to the pandemonium of our society, but do you remember the reaction of the shepherds as they experienced and understood what happened that night? I preached on that just a couple weeks ago. I said, now I'm going to do, do a little bit on that again, so let's not get too in-depth with it. So let's ask the Lord's blessing as we read his wonderful word and then proceed on in our message. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that has been done up to this point. Father, I pray that uh, the music and everything has, has softened our hearts, have illuminated our hearts and minds to what is happening over this particular time, especially today being Christmas Eve and tomorrow, the day that we celebrate Jesus' birth. Father, please speak to us through your wonderful word as we read it. Let it soak into our hearts and our minds. Give us understanding and insight, Father, and move us to decisions. As you speak to us today, as you, as you draw us and quicken us, let us respond to you with yes and with joy and with excitement. In Jesus' name, amen. We're reading this little passage again from Luke chapter 2, uh, 15 through 18, and then verse 20. When the angels had left them, the shepherds, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. What the angel told them, if you weren't here that particular Sunday, is that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the promised one. And he's come to save his people. That's what a Savior does. 
save people. Let's think about our things to think about. They didn't hesitate. They went. They were compelled by their experience and knowledge to tell others. A very serious question. How long has it been since you felt compelled to tell someone about Jesus? Not just invite to church, but to tell someone about Jesus. A compelling, a drawing. Why, why would you feel the compelling and drawing? Because you are a believer in Christ. You have to answer that question. Are you or not? If you are a follower of Christ, then there should be a, com- a compelling and a natural drawing that you want to share this good news. Like the shepherds, they hadn't even seen him. All they heard was this invitation, come see your Savior. And they wanted to go see their Savior. And they went and they saw him. And and we don't know what time of, of the evening it is, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was still twilight. It didn't matter if it was midnight, three in the morning, four in the morning, the sun started. It didn't matter. They told people as they went back to the fields about the Savior that had been born. Compelled with every fiber of their body. Thank you, God, for inviting us to this moment. They did this out of gratitude and love. They told others the good news of great joy. Gratitude and love. Thank you, Father, for sending that angel. Thank you for that incredible experience. You know, not not everyone saw angels. I mean, it's not like Every day you open the door, oh, there's an angel. You know, no, no. This is, <laughs> these are far and few in between, it seems, from Scripture. For specific events, angels are messengers. Angels have messages. Those messages come from God. When Zechariah kind of was questioning Gabriel, Gabriel said, I stand before God. I see him from his lips to my ears. I came to you to tell you about the son you were going to have. From God's lips to Gabriel's ears again, he comes and stands before Mary. The angel came to Joseph in a dream. These were very special events. And the shepherds not only got to see one, they got to see the heavenly host. Can you imagine what that was like? I've been thinking this year about that particular thing. And it's like, you know, are they just on a hillside and they're right there? Or are they completely around them? And everywhere you look is a heavenly host. Praising God because of what he has done. And what they get to see. Gratitude. Gratitude. 
and an incredible warming love. That God would look at me in my circumstances. Look at me as a stinky, smelly shepherd working with sheep. Looked down on by society. But he, in his great love, looked at me and rose up in me a love for him that you would be so mindful to invite me to this moment. And they continue to praise God even after returning to the fields. Well, let's think about number two real quick. I ask you a question. Are you compelled to tell people about Jesus? Are you full of gratitude and love for your salvation? And if so, have you found, has, have, has God shown you the avenue to let that be released? Because he doesn't mean for you to fill up like a reservoir and save it and save it and save it because the more you give, the more he dumps in. It's a continuous thing. You have one hose going out and you have one hose coming in and as long as that thing is flowing like crazy, this is flowing like crazy. Because you won't run out because he has an unlimited source of love and grace and mercy. If you be stingy with it, hold it back, this is going to come to a trickle. Until you learn, till we learn, it's supposed to be flowing. So, gratitude and love. Where is your gratitude and love for your salvation? For you in... Okay, let me, let, let's, let's think about this here for a second. There's billions of people in this world, yes? Billions of people. And you and I still live in a country that moderately tolerates Christianity and the good news. And there's other places that don't tolerate, so you have to kind of go underground. Out of billions of people in this world, through a chain of events, God has been sending people to you from childhood on giving you drops of the gospel depending on your situation you may not have had parents that were Christians and you had to muddle through and muddle through until finally uh, finally a succession of good news messages hit you and brought you to that point brought you to that point that you realize your need for Jesus. Think of you in the comprehensive ocean of people. God got the message to you. Is that incredible? Should that just bring out tons of, of excitement and gratitude? Wow! Of, of everybody, you, you saw me. Yeah, God sees everybody. And he pours out people to help us. They continue to praise God even after returning to the fields. 
How long has it been since your salvation experience? When did you get saved? And what, do you, what did you look like then? And what do you look like now? Is there a difference? Have you grown? Has your love for Jesus grown? Has your, your work for Jesus, the, the things that he has equipped you to do, are you doing them? Are you growing in them? Are you understanding the Bible more and more? How are the, the spiritual things in your life, are, are they growing or are you just kind of plateaued? Because there's a whole gob of people that call themselves Christians that are plateaued. There's a whole gob of people that call themselves Christians that have not been born again. And they have no clue of what I'm talking about this morning. If you do know what I'm talking about, then look within your heart and ask God to show you, am I growing? Am I closer to you? Is my relationship stronger? And I'll tell you what, you and I have to realize that, that we don't always make the right choices throughout a year. And we do things that, that, that cause barriers, cause this spiritual blindness and spiritual deafness, and we just kind of go oblivious. You know, Scrooge didn't become Scrooge in one day. Scrooge became this character through lots of decisions or lack of. And all the influences in his life, which obviously did not include God. And so, by the time this all takes place, he is what Charles Dickens called him, a, a covetous old sinner. Hardened. Hard-shelled. Just very, very focused on me. <laughs> focused on himself. We can get that way if we're not careful. We can get that way. And it can change today. You know, that particular scene that I described, and along with what the shepherds are running around, what is there to celebrate? What is this good news of great joy. And as Scrooge comes to that terrifying moment in the graveyard, it's that moment that we realize there's hope. Because of Jesus Christ, there is hope. Hope. A knowledge that God is there. God can do something. That hope, that confident expectation, that, that solid assurance that the good news of great joy that's throughout our Bible, the Word of God, says, I can change this for you. The message that we don't want to miss is hope. The message is redemption. How, how, how can I change? How can I make this different? I don't want to wind up there now. 
we're most likely going to wind up there unless Jesus comes while we're still living, but most of us will go that route. We understand that. But he says, don't let this be my end. Well, he doesn't realize that's not his end. His end is somewhere else away from God in a place that he really doesn't want to be. The message is hope. The message is redemption. That, that because Christ came, because Christ paid for our sins, we have an opportunity to come into a relationship with the living God because of forgiveness. Because of forgiveness. God gives us another chance. I think that's the great salvation moment for Ebenezer Scrooge, the realization that, that he's done if he doesn't repent. Now, I have read that Charles Dickens was a Christian, and he doesn't just say Jesus and salvation, but if you really look at the different items of the story, you, you see this weaving through, you see the Holy Spirit working through him to that point where God takes us. God takes us. For any of you that have been saved, you know there was a moment that there was so much condemnation that came on you through the word of God that told you exactly who you were and what was going to happen to you that, praise God, you said, I need Jesus. I, I, I need to put my faith in Jesus. I need to let him do the work that he needs to do in me to make me what he wants me to be. That's what Scrooge says. I, I will keep the lessons of the past, the present, and the future all striving within me. I will try to keep the spirit of Christmas every day. And that's what happens to us because Christmas gets packed away packed away and then we go on to the next sermon series and then we focus on his death and then we, we put the cross away. We pack the tomb away and we say we'll see you next year and then we go into all that rest of the time of, of learning things about God and things but we don't let the manger we don't let the cross and we don't let the open tomb strive within us yearly. And that's the problem. It's got to strive within us all the time. We've got to be engaged with Jesus and with the Lord God Almighty and with his Holy Spirit every single day. In some way, shape, or form, we've got to be striving with him. Because tomorrow is a wonderful day. Tomorrow is a day that changed the entire history of the world because he can't die if he doesn't come and if he comes and he doesn't die we're in trouble but praise God almighty who brought his son who grew his son who led his son who took him to Calvary to took him to a, 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 a another person's tomb and who rose him from the dead for us.
for us. The wonder of the day. The wonder of salvation. So folks, don't get caught up in the commercialism of a Christmas yet to come like Garfield and miss the real gift of Christmas. That was one of the messages. Don't get caught up in the hustle and bustle of a Christmas yet to come like poor Charlie Brown and miss the meaning of Christmas. Don't lose your focus in a Christmas yet to come like the bishop and miss Jesus completely. This holiday season, please don't miss the message. If you really know and understand the message of Christmas, you realize that it never gets packed away. This good news of great joy is preached and proclaimed and taught and shared and lived and practiced year-round for the saving benefit of the whole world and especially for those who believe. It's interesting that our Lottie Moon thing mentioned Matthew 28. Jesus commissioned every Christian. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then again in Acts 1.8, Jesus tells us, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Don't miss the message of Christmas. Don't miss the wonderful gift in the midst of everything that's wrapped up and sticking under your tree right now. Don't miss what really changes lives. You may be sitting here today and you have not ever confessed and called on the name of Jesus. You know, God gave you a mouth to do that. If we had someone here that couldn't talk, he would provide a way for you, that person, to confess, to call on Jesus. We all have needs. Salvation is primary. You, you cannot have this relationship without Jesus. You must be born again. You must call on him. You must believe that he died on the cross for you. You must believe that, that he was buried and he raised from the dead in bodily form. This is what the Bible teaches us. You may have done that. And the years of life has caused great problems and situations. He's willing, more than willing, to have you come back to him. 
I mean, do not be afraid. That's The Bible teaches us this. If you believe in the word of God, then you can trust that he is waiting for you today. He will give you the faith. He will give you everything you need. But what he requires from you is an independent yes. Your decision, your choice to say yes to salvation, yes to baptism, yes to church membership, yes to serving, or yes to whatever he's telling you, the answer needs to be yes. We are providing, God is providing an opportunity. As our praise team comes forward, I'm going to ask that uh, Brother Brian and Brother Rick be available for you so that if he is calling you, then do not delay. Come. Come into fellowship with him. Come for forgiveness. Come for grace, mercy. What you know what you need. I don't I'm just I'm just doing a scattergun here. I'm just firing it out of, of possibilities. You know what you need. You have a God that is telling you, I have what you need if you will come and receive it. Would you do that this morning? as we sing a rather unique invitation. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.